0: Welcome back, Chelsea fans. My name is Zach, and this is the Roman's Empire podcast, where all we do is talk Chelsea and talk shit about everyone else. Well, four games in, 12 points. Um, I don't know what else there is to say other than this is a great start, huh,
1: Sam? Yeah, I mean, the only real competition we have at this point is Watford, so I think we got a pretty good chance of taking the t- uh, taking the Premier League this year. I mean, a-
0: a- as great as the season has started, you know, four wins in four, 12 uh-huh. points, you know absolutely destroying teams um we hit an international
1: break i know I, it, come, of it couldn't though. come at a worse time either so like i know i, um, I like want to see them like play until you know we end up not winning a game you know yeah i want to
0: see this run all the way through basically
1: and, and the and and we we don't have this in the script but i just want to talk really quickly about the Um, the draw for the Carabao Cup, how we got Liverpool. Um, a lot of people, I think, their reaction was that was oh shit, like Liverpool that early, and I'm really excited for that. Actually, I think that's like, you know, the first real test to see how legitimate of a team we actually are, because I think we are a really good team, but we haven't really been challenged unless you want to count that Arsenal match, which I mean, I will. But uh, I'm really looking forward to that, and I think we played Liverpool twice next month
0: yeah I, I, i'm i pretty sure we play them in the same week also and, and and if i'm not mistaken, i think liverpool also play city yeah um, sometime do. around that also i think they have around four games within a span of about a week and a half nice and they play and they play us twice and city once within that span i think the other game is a, a champions league game i want to say napoli but don't quote me on it um but, They're bro, in mean, group, but yeah. w- while we're talking about the the carabao draw i mean why don't we just get right into the Europa League draw. Um we got a pretty easy group. We got a uh, Panathinaikos from Greece. I don't know if I just butchered that. I oh, have that a lot was, of Greek friends. <laughs> that so was spot on. I think it was uh, I think it was a good good effort. Um uh, Bate Borisov and VDFC. So uh a bunch of shit teams, <laughs> which is good news for us because uh we we could be no kind of like uh, I, I think the group of death here in the Europa League is going to be that group i think it's Celtic and then both Red Bull teams Salzburg Leipzig uh-huh. and then Rosenborg i think that's a tough group but i mean it's the Europa League we yeah. should be able to get out of that so the group of death spend... in
1: the Europa League is like the group of like i don't even know like just like difficulty i don't even know i, I can't even say death because it's like I think, you know i think a group of <laughs> death
0: is just a group of death in Europa League is comprised of a bunch of teams fighting for t- for yeah. like maybe top four spots in
1: yeah group group of severe pain severe pain we're not going all the way to death because no one's dying we're it's just europe yeah it's tuesday night come on thursday night what's gonna happen on thursday night thursday night (laughs) football baby uh let's let's get into this bournemouth game right You, you would you like to get started i
0: would i would i would love to all
1: right let's get started uh so Again, as Zach alluded to before, we are still perfect. So obviously, we came off, came away with a win. Um, I, I don't have the lineup in front of me. I'll pull it up. Um, how about you oh, guys I, started? I, I, I
0: got it. I got it. All right,
1: go ahead. So 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 basically,
0: we had Keppa in goal. Um, an unchanged back four of uh, Alonso on the left, uh, David Luiz right next to him in the middle, and then uh, Rudiger on the other side of David Luiz and Aspillagueta on the right we had a midfield three, uh, Jorginho playing the six, Conte and Kovacic in front of him, Hazard off to the left, Pedro, I mean, uh, Willian on the right, and Maranta up top. So interesting that we see Pedro move to the bench. Um, we'll get into that a little mm-hmm. bit later, but that was your starting lineup.
1: Yeah, and uh, I think we really saw, I mean, last week we got a, a really good glimpse of what ball could look like, and now it's just solidifying exactly what we're going to see this whole year um seventy three possession you know another domin a match where we dominate possession twenty six total shots although only six on target um just a lot of chances being created um right now Chelsea has the fourth highest average possession percentage in all of europe at sixty four point seven percent and the only three teams, the only three clubs that are ahead of us are Man City, Real Madrid, and Barcelona. So that's some great company to be a part of. We're a
0: very, very good, amazing
1: company. company. Um, so Zach, first four, first four matches, new manager. Rate Maurizio Sarri's performance in the first four matches. Uh, h- how do you want me to do this? Out of I'm ten, on out of ten. A scale to ten. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'd probably have to go
0: with a nine. Um the only thing that doesn't make it a 10 for me right now is because we haven't really seen him rotate the squad yet because we've only had one match a week. Um, but there's not, there's not much negative going on. I mean, um, the team has seemed to adjust really well to the, to the playing style and the sorryfication. Um, you know, that (laughs) that's gone on at Cobham and, and behind the scenes. And, you know, another thing that I think a lot of people don't talk about is the overall mood of, of the team, uh, the, the mood of the squad, they seem a lot more cohesive. They seem happier. They seem like they're actually enjoying their football, which is something that we haven't seen in a really long time at Chelsea. Um, you know, even in Conte's title winning, um, campaign, um, there was a lot of drama there. There there was a lot of things going on behind the scene. You never got the sense that it was really, um, fully cohesive, although we were cohesive enough to pull off a a title, but this just seems a little bit different. Mauricio sorry, is, uh, more of a philosophical manager than a than a than a you know formational or strategic Mm -hmm. one you know he he has a philosophy he wants to ping the ball around he wants to move it around the pitch he wants to get his flair players on the ball and i think everyone on the squad is happier when guys like eden hazard and willian uh jorginho are getting a lot of touches on the ball so i'd give him a nine out of ten right now um again only time will tell but so far so good I, I i couldn't be more pleased with the job he's done
1: yeah i think you you said it perfectly there's if there's one thing i have to uh you know critique about him is his lack of rotation i think that that's it other than that um you've seen our players i think just playing you know just just this system makes all of our players look so much better and in particularly pedro i mean The he he came in he came in. Pedro Rodriguez, yeah, yeah, that guy. Uh, he came in in the sixty-fifth minute and absolutely changed the game. Um, I mean, Willian, I think he 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 didn't have a poor performance, but he I think he's still trying to get accustomed to this system, which is really weird because he is probably the most flery player on the team besides Hazard. Um. So, but I mean, it, it it it's it's just really tough because Pedro's playing so much better than him, I think, right now. And it's like, you know, obviously having his uh, spark off the bench was really great. But you know, in in all honesty, if if we're if we're balancing both of them together, I feel like Pedro has been benefiting way more from this change in style than William has, which again is kind of surprising. Um, Zach, can you explain? what you what you've seen with Pedro and why the system is like so beneficial for his play style I think Pedro's an interesting one because behind Jorginho he just seems like the
0: most natural fit for this team um when you really think about it he came through Barca's youth system playing 4-3-3 possession style very similar to what Maurizio Sarri likes to play um and and just having a guy like that who's who's experienced and, and who has been playing in that same role for a very very long time you know starting out wide right and then floating to the inside into shooting positions, you know, this is a, this is a position and, and, you know, a, a, a good run of matches where, where Pedro really gets to show what he can prove and um, he's done that so far. And, and and I think as of right now, you know, if you're talking about Pedro being the best option on the right-handed side, I think it's no question. Um, I love William. I love what he brings to the side, but um, you do need to have, someone to offset Hazard who's playing on the opposite flank, you know, Hazard's a giver um and 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 a really good playmaker and and Pedro's probably the best finisher on our roster. Um so just looking at, you know, the balance of the side and 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 establishing, you know, um early dominance this this early on in the season, you have to stick with Pedro. Um I think he's done great. You know, people like to compare him to Dries Mertens and I see it a lot on Twitter. And at first I was inclined to agree, but the more I think about it, I, I just think it's, I think, Pe- I think Pedro's more suited to, um, to a out wide, right. As opposed to a false nine. Um, we talked about it last week, how that's a possibility, you know, um, now with Tammy Abraham going out on loan, um, Pedro might be able to float in as that false nine if need be because mm-hmm. we only have two strikers. Um, I don't, I don't necessarily think that uh, that we should be doing that at this point in time. Um, you look at his interplay with Giroud uh, for our first goal. I mean, Pedro floating towards the middle of the mm-hmm. pitch, a quick one-two with Giroud, um, and, and great technical ability from um, both of them. From both of them. Yeah. Yeah, See, that's something about Pedro that we really don't talk about. We really, really, we talk about his finishing ability and I know I'm, I I know I'm ranting right now, but you know, you look at his technical ability as well. This guy came up through Barca's youth academy and technically he's almost, he's pretty much as good as it gets. Um, and not only that, you look at his ability to track back on defense as well. Mm -hmm. Um, he has an engine and he doesn't stop running. And he's one of those players that literally runs himself to the ground every single match. And you could tell at the end, he's just knackered or, or, or when he gets subbed off, you could just tell that he's completely exhausted. So, so far, I mean, three goals in four games that speaks for itself or right now he's our leading scorer and, and he has to be playing every single match, you know, until he gets a dip
1: in form. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about the, the other guy, a part of that goal, um, Giroux, because, um this is just something that is going to be a, a talking point the whole season and i think it's, it's 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 unavoidable um the whole murata versus Giroud debate um so murata one goal in four matches so he's continuing his goal drought um there's only match i mean his only goal coming against arsenal um second match of the season um he's struggling to impact the matches i mean regardless of just goals in general um you know, his link up play was very poor. Um, he did not do a, a very good job of getting his teammates involved. Um and he was taken out relatively early um in both in the last two matches, uh and both times kind of having poor body language um when he's when he's taken out. And then Giroud, on the other end, brought on in the second sixty uh sorry, in the sixty second minute, immediately makes an impact by winning two headers you know, just a few minutes after he subbed on, um, just constantly a nuisance to this Bournemouth back four. Um and then of course that assist to Pedro on the the you know one two pass, um, which was really awesome. And I, I, I don't know if I could even envision Murata, you know, holding the ball just for that, you know, second to, to lay it off back. Um but I mean Murata, he, 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 I I've I've seen Murata make these kind of plays before, but I think that he would be more prone to making an error than Drew. Um so I mean next match against Cardiff obviously it's not, you know, a match where we need to field our best 11 but um out of these two who do you feel more comfortable playing? Um see this is an interesting
0: one because I I've been a supporter of Murata. Um,
1: Is it really interesting though? This has been like a topic of debate every episode since we started. <laughs> no, I, I know we talk about it every single week, but
0: but it, the focus seems to change every now and then. You know, it go, it goes from. I I I find it funny personally that at first we were talking about well, who's gonna score us more goals, you know, and and w- last season when Giroud took over the starting spot for the better half of the second part, you know. We're, we're thinking, okay, I mean, Giroud's playing well, but he's really not scoring that much. And Murata's kind of doing the opposite. He He's still not scoring that much, but he's not playing well while doing it. Um. So now it comes down to, it, it goes from who could score the most goals to who can help the team out the most mm-hmm. and maybe score a goal or two here and there. And, you know, that's icing on the cake type of thing. Um. But if you're asking me who plays at Cardiff, I got to go with Murata. Um, You know, it's only been four matches, and he does need a goal or two for confidence. And I think a match like this is perfect for it because Cardiff is absolutely crap this season. And, uh, you know, I I think – I also think Sari likes the idea of bringing in uh, impact subs. I think that's – I don't think it's a coincidence that he makes a substitution so early I mean, we we saw him use Zielinski at Napoli um, so often last season, uh, bringing him in, you know, for the last 20, 25 minutes of match, and that's exactly what he's doing with Giroud. He loves his impact subs, Um, so I think you know maybe having Giroud on the bench isn't uh, that big of a negative as one might think. Um, But going back to Maratha, I would just give him a few more matches. You know, it's it's still a little bit too early in the season, and and players still are getting used to the system. So once the system is not in full effect, you really can't judge Murata so far.
1: Yeah, you know, but the the thing about what you're saying, it's not like like our past two matches were, you know, anything much better than than Cardiff. I mean, Bournemouth and Newcastle, those are both, you know, bottom bottom half of the of the table teams. So it's not like, oh, you know, we're playing Cardiff, this will be Murata's chance to really, you know, get his confidence back. I think he had those chances in the past two matches, so um, I understand where you're coming from, and I I do I I think I do tend to agree with that. But I mean, it just makes me a little bit nervous because it's not like the past two matches were against tough competition where you know he just was taken out of the match. It, you know, a lot of it had to do with with what he was doing. You know, it's, it has nothing to do with what the other team was was you know putting up against him. You, you know, I mean, even Newcastle they sat. You know, they had five. They played with a was it five four one. <laughs> Yeah, and uh you know, I mean, it's not like, I mean, and I mean, obviously that's 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 tough for a striker to deal with, but I mean, I don't know. It's, it, I, it, I, I want to agree with you, and I think, and I do think morata should start, but I think the my answer is more because I want Giroud to have that impact sub, you know. It's not because I want to see Murata start because I think he's the better player, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah.
0: That's a that's that's pretty much where I'm at.
1: Yeah. Um but, but sad. You know, I'm picking up. I feel like I'm is. picking him to start for the wrong reason, you
0: know. No, no, but but, it, but but here's the thing. I mean, we saw Murata versus Arsenal. I mean, he was brilliant. Um so when he does get that goal, I mean, he gets like a short burst of confidence. I mean, the rest of that match he did pretty well up until he was subbed off. I mean, you know, the last 10-15 minutes he dwindled out a little, little bit, but I just think that was due to fatigue. Um but Giroud comes in off the bench almost every game now and makes an instant impact a positive impact mm-hmm. and he did and, and that's just the type of player he is he's not going to score 15 20 goals a season as a starting strike i mean that's just not who he is you look at him the perfect example is 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 france um i don't even think he had a shot on target all world cup and you know he somehow managed to keep starting at the number nine role they easily could have started griezmann there um and you know he continued to make an impact for the team i mean he's a team guy you know, he puts effort offensively. he wins almost anything you put up in the air uh he holds off defenders he has really really good awareness of where his midfielders are at all times also and i think that's something that's really understated but you know i remember before we even bought Murata, we were talking about Murata's like uh you know his first touch and his and his ability to to run off defenders and and beat players one on one and we just haven't seen that from him consistently and if he's not bringing us that he's really not doing much else because he can't play with his back to goal he's proven that mm-hmm. um you know it, it's he hasn't been as good positionally as he was you know the first part of last season where you know he's drifting into spaces you know uh, and, and scoring goals um he's just not doing that and it, especially in this game, Dave played a few balls in that were very, very similar to what we we saw last season, where that ball gets clipped in over the top and Maratha gets a flick on. Mm-hmm. Um, and Dave played a few of those balls into the box, and Maratha's positioning was just you know a foot or two off. He just seems a step slow right now, and it's concerning because very concerning. Tammy Tammy's out on loan, and we only have one other striker to rely on. So I mean, I mean, we'll we'll see what happens,
1: but. I mean, God damn you, Murata, You're making me miss Mishibachi. Like this is this is what you're wow. doing to me, man. So wow. I mean, with that taking out of the consideration, you know, the super sub effect. Um, what what is your best eleven right now? Oh, okay. So if you if you've been, I mean,
0: Keppa obviously in goal. Not Rob uh... Graham. No, no, not not Rob Green. Okay, Kepa, he, that's my, just That's my best it. eleven.
1: That's my best K- eleven. Rob Green for sure makes mine.
0: I'd have a I'd have Alonzo out wide on the left. Um, I'd have uh, Rüdiger, uh, playing next to him. And I know I've been talking shit about him the last couple of weeks, but I still got to go with David Luiz. Um, wow. only only because Christensen hasn't played in the system yet, and Christians Christensen's not going to slot into this system <laughs> and be absolutely perfect. So. David Luiz, just on the basis that he's familiar with the system. Uh, That's I not Dave fair, on the right. sorry.
1: Come on. You got to let us make these decisions, and we got to see what they look like. The
0: The midfields, I mean, I don't even need to say it, Kovacic and the other two. Um, <laughs> I'd go the other two. Ha- Hassan on the left, and then Giroud and Pedro. Mm-hmm. It has to be. Um, yeah, yeah. Just the interplay between them three because Giroud's really technically brilliant and no one talks about it. Um he he's great at playing those little flicks and I mean, that's what we saw
1: last weekend. So yeah, I think I think uh eight of your spots are locks. Uh I think the only spots that you know could be up for debate, of course, David Luis, um Giroux, Pedro maybe, and then Kovacic. You know, there's it, it, we we're still, obviously, at this moment, that's our best eleven, but it could be up for debate. But I think the other ones are going to be locks. I think. Until the I end think Ko- season. I think
0: Kovačić is an absolute lock, man. He hey. looks. He looks. He looks incredible, and he does look like Eden Hazard more and more and more every single match I watch
1: him. Can, you, can you stop disrespecting so my man Ross Barkley, please? Just for I, a second, I, I love Ross Barkley too, Sam. But hey, but that's what I'm. I'm, I'm, I'm there's also another player, RLC, who who's it's a possibility. That's why I'm saying it's not a lock. But I mean, let, yeah. we'll we'll talk about him in a little bit because we did finally see him play for a little bit. Um, but, I've, quickly, but I quickly, I want to talk about our two wide left players, Ian Hazard and Marcos Alonso. Um, these two were our best players in my opinion this past match, and they've been probably our two best players this season, arguably. Um, Hazard netting his sixth goal in five appearances against Bournemouth. So continuing his dominance against Bournemouth. Um, Sarri has given him, quote, a free role to do as he pleases. So that's why, I mean, you didn't just see him on the left side that match. He, you, he was attacking from the middle, from the right side. Um, two goals and two assists on the season so far. So um, great, great numbers so far. Marcos Alonso. Just the perfect foil to Hazard on the left hand side. Um, involved in yet another goal, keeping that streak alive. Assisted Hazard's goal with a you know nice little slip pass to play him right into a well placed shot where just Hazard just used his power to you know nail into the back of the net. Um Hazard was quoted after the match saying, Sometimes Alonso's in front of me. I said to him once, Marcos, I think your first target is to defend because you play a left back. But this guy doesn't want to listen. He just wants to score goals. Uh, is that is that a problem, Zach? <laughs> Do you have any issues with that? Or I have uh, absolutely no problems. To no, that yeah, I don't, and I don't think Hazard has a problem with that either. Just just to clarify, <laughs> um, I think that's. Uh, I mean, if when you when you consider you know Alonzo and Hazard on that left side, plus uh, Kovacic as well, is that the strongest left left hand side in all the Premier League? I'm just trying to think uh, of who else there we can you could bring up there. I mean
0: as of right now, yeah. There's there there's no question. Um just the interplay between them three and, and the thing is is they all kind of complement each other perfectly. I mean Kovacic is the type of player that could pick out a quick pass but could also beat players 1v1 and uh and, and that helps Hazard because Kovacic pushes pushes higher up the field and Hazard tucks in right behind him. Um, and, and can kind of dictate play from different areas of the pitch. And then you got Marcus Alonso, who the guy just has a knack for scoring goals. I mean, he, he he's a striker who plays left back. Um, mm-hmm. It's 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 that simple. And 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 the thing is, is they all kind of, or at least Marcus Alonso, he knows what his weaknesses are. So the way he plays football is is so brilliant because he very rarely gives the ball away, even though he never uses his right foot. Um, and, and, and and then you got, I just, I I love our left side. It's the first time it's, this is, this is really the first time as a Chelsea fan, um, where I could honestly say that we have one of probably the most potent attack in the league right now. Just when you think about the, the form certain players are in, I mean, you got the most informed left back and the most informed left winger on the same team that left side is absolutely deadly and i i could say with full confidence that that that's the best in the league no question no mm-hmm. question then you throw kovacic in the mix and it just it it turns into something completely different it's just, it's awesome and i i get so excited i sound like such a fucking fanboy but <laughs> honestly i am i mean that's why I
1: have a podcast yeah. right I mean th- that that that's exactly the feeling that I get too. when it's like I think when I see these th- when I see these three players play it's like the certain affection I have for that it gets me so like you know hot and tingly inside I mean uh it's 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 it's, it's an affection easy. you know yeah easy but um I mean obviously you got to consider Man City's attack Liverpool's attack um but you know obviously I, I I'm I'm not ready yet to say we have the best offense in all the Premier League, but I'm definitely you know it's it it's I wouldn't call you crazy for saying that you know like it's a it's it's a very reasonable argument to make because we I mean we have ten goals this season Man City has eleven you know but that includes I think they they played Huddersfield and scored six goals against them so you know that that doesn't really count but um, still I mean you can make that argument for sure. Um, yeah. and I think that this is, it's something that throughout the season, it's going to be a topic for discussion, not just for us, but like, the you know, any, all the pundits across the world. Uh,
0: I mean, ju- I mean, just going off that with that being said, our attack, our attack on its own could get us into the top four. Mm-hmm. And I think if our back line starts to sort things out, which they seem to have done that for the most part, I mean, besides a Louise blip here and there. But, I mean, Bournemouth only had one shot on target last match. And then you look at the Newcastle match. They only had, what, maybe two shots on target all mm-hmm. game. And then one of them was just in a ridiculous header by Jocelyn. So you kind of, you yeah, know, that
1: that's a one-off. And it was but a goal coming defense... off of a foul, too, which wasn't called. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. And it, my point being, with the combination of attack and a decent defense – we should be able to compete for the title, mm-hmm. and I don't think that's out of the question whatsoever. And I think, especially Chelsea... when you look at our squad depth in the midfield,
1: yeah. And I, I think you, any Chelsea fan, will look at this defense and um, like you. You can't realistically and rationally say, "Wow, this is an elite defense," because we do have a lot of issues. But we don't really need the best defense, like you said. Um, we just need an, like a, a pretty decent one, and the offense will take care of the rest. Um, maybe, maybe it's Chelsea fans,
0: you know, Chelsea fans have been so accustomed to seeing great defenses mm -hmm. in the Abramovich era, right? We're spoiled. Of course. We we, we have been spoiled. I mean, we've had John Terry all this time. Um, we've had guys like Ricardo Carvalho, Mm -hmm. you know, Marcel Desai. I mean, we've had these incredible players in and out of the Abramovich era and, now we're starting to see a team with, defense, with defensive frailties, but also a team that's succeeding, which is a combination we haven't seen before because usually we crumble when we're frail at the back. Um, but this season, that's our weakness, and we're winning games. So fans are so confused as to what to make of all this, and I just think Chelsea fans have to get used to the fact that we are not the rough and tumble, you know, stout incredibly organized, compact, defensive unit that we were. Mm-hmm. Um, our form of defense now is through possession, and it's through our attack. And uh, it's it's interesting to see that transition. And I'm starting to realize it more and more. Um, and it was kind of difficult to come to grips with because I'm a purist. I like to see my back four tight and organized and fucking vicious. Uh, stop living
1: in the past, old man. All right, this is yeah, the future. Well, well, it's all well, about scoring goals. Sorry,
0: ball <laughs> is about keeping possession, and if you have possession, that means the other team doesn't, and they can't score on you without the ball. Oh, is that how it works? So it, it, it's it's shut the fuck up. <laughs> you get my point. <laughs> Our form of defense is possession, and it's it, it it's really weird to see. And some Chelsea fans just need to realize it because, you know, we we keep hearing about oh the well Alonso still shit at at defending. And the fact that David Luiz is next to him doesn't help. Well, if you take Alonzo out, we probably don't win two out of those four mm-hmm, 100%. matches. 100%. So now we're at six points or maybe eight points if we pick up draws. I mean, you got to take the good with the bad. Our defense isn't going to be perfect. But if we have guys that could keep the ball and keep play moving and score goals, then we don't even need to worry about defense. We could be like Barca,
1: who just won 8-2 to two last weekend. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's just a matter of like, you know, getting challenged because I don't think we've been challenged yet. So, we'll see if if this That's uh if this uh lack of, you know, eliteness and defense will come to bite us in the ass, but I think we'll be fine. Um let, let's just finish off this game talking a little bit about your boy RLC. Um you... finally came in as a sub, 79th minute of the match. Um his best cameo performance that we've seen from him. Um, you know, throughout his uh, Chelsea career, Um, you know, drove forward with the ball well, set up Pedro for a potential second goal. Um, He didn't convert. Uh, What do you think, Zach? You see enough from Ruben to pick him over Barkley or uh, are you taking my boy or are you sticking with your boy?
0: I think Ross Barkley is great. I never, I never had a problem with him. I know, but, but it's
1: just, it's just RLC is your boy. R- 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 RLC, boy.
0: RLC is my boy. You and, established and that. I don't think 11 minutes is enough time to show w- the full package of what Ruben could bring, but he showed a lot of it. His ability to pick up the ball and 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 run into space, and and he is so fast and so big. Um, I've I, there there was there was a few times in that match where where you know, you'd see him make a run and just think to yourself, man, when was the last time we saw a midfielder who was that physically dominant, but also that agile and athletic? You know, it's it's it, it's a rare commodity, especially especially in today's footballing world, where where we have the more lightweight flair players. And Ruben has both of them, has both of those qualities. He he can be he can have that flair. Um, he's re- technically you know he, he's very good with his feet, but He's also huge, and he's also strong and fast, and we saw a glimpse of what he could do with the ball. Now it's without the ball where the concern is, because defensively he still has a lot of work to do. Um, he, he he's not active enough in winning the ball back. You know, in Sari's system, when we lose the ball, we immediately press. Um, that that's our first form of defense when we lose the ball. It's it's a high press right away. Win it back as fast as possible, as deep into their defensive um as deep into their defensive line as possible and um when we would lose possession Ruben was a little bit slow at transitioning to uh to a full press so there's still work to be done Ross Barkley does that and and that's something I did like ra- about Ross Barkley um going forward he was he he was really good but also defensively he'd come back and, and 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 he helped us retain our shape a few uh helped us retain our shape at least more than Ruben did in that 11 minutes but i mean moving on moving you know, through the season, I think I think Ruben's gonna be the one to eventually step over Barkley. I really do. I know it's unpopular, um, you know, just because sorry's been with Barkley longer and you know he's had more time to work with him, but I just think I I think Ruben's something special, and and we saw a glimpse of that. He should have had an assist to Pedro, and you know, a lot of flashes of what he could do on and off the ball.
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's gonna be something really exciting to look at um throughout the season. Because I mean, I don't think either of them are gonna take Kovic's just spot, to be honest. I, I, I just, yeah. I said, I said, I said it's not a lock, but it's probably like eighty-five, ninety percent set. But you know, it's interesting to see who will be the guy to really take the second unit when we're playing, you know, lower squad teams, or you know, or playing a a third round match up in the Carabao Cup against Liverpool. You know, like like an easy match That's- like that. That's the problem, isn't it? Because it's
0: you see you see like Ross Barkley and you see Ruben, you know, step in and and play with Conte and Jorginho, and you think to yourself, like, man, even if we didn't have Kovacic, um, we would still have a very strong midfield, Mm -hmm. you know? And, And that's two other players that are riding the bench right now that can easily be starters. And I don't think it's out of the question to say that at some point in the season maybe one of them could overtake Kovacic that's not out of the question you know based on form and you know obviously when 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 injuries hit and whatnot, things change and 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 nobody's position is really ever safe you know besides a select few on the team mm-hmm. and um you know Kovacic has done great and i he, right now he's head and shoulders above both of them um but maybe as they get more playing time and more affiliated with the system um maybe we can see them start to cover for Kovacic more and you know start introducing more
1: rotation into the squad all right, let's get into the Twitter questions, Zach. And you know, speaking of Twitter, actually, I just want to give a shout out to Richard M. R. at R K Y five thousand for getting my okay the 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 Vine reference <laughs> that Zach did not know, and sharing it with him. That was I I, I appreciate that, my man. You really literally me
0: not not just sharing <laughs> it with me. I posted the podcast. I fell asleep. <laughs> and then in about like six thirty or six forty five in the morning i get the i get the notification from him and i watched the video and i just started dying it was <laughs> the funniest thing i've ever seen because you have no i had no idea what the hell the video was <laughs> i know until and the way I, last two seconds of it
1: and the the funny thing is like when i explain the video like it, when you explain it like as to an un, like someone who doesn't know idea what the video is it sounds like the dumbest video ever so like I felt bad for having to explain it without you seeing it, but now that you saw it, you knew exactly where I was going with that, right? Oh, that's awesome. Okay, so let's get to this Twitter question um, at AJ Straub's. Um, By the way, b- b-
0: before you say it, shout out to AJ Straws. Me out. and him had me and him had a proper banter after we posted the last pod. Sorry about the sound quality. He was the one. Oh, that Oh yeah, was that, was, uh, that was that uh, yeah. was
1: Zach's fault. Hundred oh, yeah, percent. I told my him bad. to move the mic closer to him, and he forgot. But uh, I told AJ, I, I, I told him, you know,
0: next time, uh, if he notices it, to hit us back up. Oh know.
1: no, we're not amateurs anymore. That was just yeah. last week. We're yeah. officially professional so. podcasters. So starting today, um, so at AJ Strauss, um, this is what he asks. <laughs> he says, "I didn't get to see a lot of games early last year, so I've seen his worst. But what is Murata good at?" He's not not at holding it up, heading or speed. First touch has been bad all year too. Okay, that's what that's what AJ says. Zach, what exactly is Morato good at doing?
0: It's a great question. What is um,
1: he at? I can I don't know. I can't even say.
0: See, I, I could tell you what he's not good at doing. Um, he's that's not. That's easy. He's, he's not good at holding up the ball consistently. We haven't seen that this season um he hasn't been the same force he was in the air as he was last season and i think the perfect example was what you said about um when Giroud got subbed in against bournemouth he immediately won two headers in a span of maybe like two or three minutes all right and <laughs> uh and and it was like obvious we're like wow ooh, we won a header you know it was it, so i i think that was noticeable
1: morata's not the same force in the air and- so just to keep track uh not good with his feet not good with his head all right so what other body parts could he use he can't, he can't (laughs) really
0: find a way to impact the game when teams sit deep against him either, or or when teams sit deep against us. And that's a problem because every single team we play that's not in the top six is going to do that. So if we don't have a striker, that's going to be able to exploit, you know, that form of defense or, or have a way to, to, you know, nick a goal here or there. It's, it's going to be an issue and maratha hasn't proven that he's good in small spaces he's only good when there's a lot of space in front of him and and when you when you could play the ball you know over the top and have him run onto it but in tight spaces uh uh you know two defensive lines of four there's no way he's finding space and there's no way he's being successful so what is he good at doing um not too sure you know He's good at scoring goals against Arsenal, so um, – or at least this year he is, so that's one positive. But besides that, I really can't think of anything else that he's doing really well because, I mean, you even look at his body language and it's off. Um, mm-hmm. I still have hope. I'm always going to have hope because I saw what he did at Juve when he got consistent playing time. Um, but as of right now, it's, it, it's really hard to say what he was actually – what he actually is good at because he's really not bringing much to the side. Obviously, uh, 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 unless unless there's a team that's having a proper go at us and we can play the ball over the top, but if not he's he really hasn't been any
1: he hasn't been useful. Yeah. Uh so let's get into this third round, I mean third wow. part. <laughs> and you, you know, always I mean, say that when I don't when I don't like what do you want me to say to that? I mean, there was a Twitter question for you, you answered it really well you want me to say good job zach let's go to the next part what do you want me to do wow okay yeah good job zach that was really great um <laughs> i'm so yeah that was that wasn't a good transition i i i didn't think hard enough for that no,
0: That was like a spousal fight song that's like what that's like what a husband and wife fight about
1: right, yeah well, well if you don't mind zach i'm gonna go on to the next part um so good part timing. three uh So this one, this is going to be the speed round slash random news section. So, again, for those of you who are new here, I'm going to give a little topic or a single sentence or a question, and Zach is going to give me a quick answer or his thoughts or his feelings on what I'm talking about. So, first topic, Tammy Abraham out on loan to uh, Via for the rest of the season. Um
0: he's going to light it up i think um Aston Villa doesn't look good this season but i still think he's going to somehow manage to score in the double figures um but he needs playing time the move needed to happen and it's just unfortunate that he waited so long to make a decision um because i feel like he fell victim to the to the new transfer window policy where uh premier league clubs can't transfer in after the 31st of uh or no no what was it it was it it closed 2 weeks prior to the 31st of mm-hmm. august um, I think I think you know if we had the normal transfer windows and if that rule wasn't in effect, he probably would have gotten loaned to a team like Cardiff or a team like Bournemouth. Um, I could easily see that being an option, but um, it's unfortunate. You know, I I was really looking
1: forward to having him in the Premier League. Yeah, me too. And I hope no one caught me calling uh, Aston Villa Aston Villa. Um, <laughs> so next topic, Mason Mount has seven appearances for Dar- uh, for derby, four goals, one assist. Cool. He is going to be a stud in the future. Huge. And and he will be a Chelsea player. Absolutely. Um Charlie Musonda on loan to Vitesse. Uh
0: it's the beginning of the end. Um Aww. it's it sucks because he has all the talent in the world and all the technical ability in the world, but He just hasn't put the weight on that he needed. He hasn't put the size on. Um, He still looks like a 17-year-old boy that was, you know, the most – the jewel of our youth academy. But um, he hasn't put the weight on, and and that's probably an indication that he hasn't put in the work. Um, So it's unfortunate because
1: the kid had a lot of talent. Yeah, that's sad. Um, So last topic – I don't know if everyone saw this, but Marcos Alonso got away uh, with impeding a throw-in while already on a yellow. Very, very stupid move. Um, Russell Rudiger got away with knocking over Fraser very foolishly. Um, were they lucky not to be sent off? Yeah,
0: oh, we just got
1: lucky that Lee
0: Mason's a shit referee and doesn't have the balls to make tough decisions. Yeah, I, I, I think I think that was the one time. <laughs> that him not having balls benefited us.
1: Oh yeah. I mean that that that's definitely the only like reason why because he, he, you know he he knows he missed he missed the uh, uh like a, it was a little bit of a nudge on um I forgot who was the person making the throw. But when Marcos Alonso got knocked out and he he you know felt that they missed the call so he wanted to get back on the pitch and you know kind of push the guy who was throwing it um but the more like a forearm to the face. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Uh, uh, I'm I'm like Lee Mason. I didn't see anything, but uh, you know, yeah, he he didn't have the balls to make the call. But I'm I'm, ha- I'm glad that worked out in our favor. Um, yeah. So let's uh, let's do a. What quiet... about what what about Rudiger knocking Fraser? Oh over? yeah.
0: Oh. Which one was more stupid <laughs> in your opinion?
1: <laughs> uh, uh, I think for sure the uh, Alonzo push because that was just that was like something that I thought was just more hilarious. And then, like, like I honestly felt like he had the right to do that, you know, because like technically he should have been on the pitch, but like I mean, when you're on a yellow, you can't do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was, can't it can do- It was funny though. I thought it yeah. was hilarious.
0: But even for Rudiger, it was like a, it was like, you know, a six-four center half trying to step on a little cockroach. <laughs> Fraser, Fraser must not be anything more than like five foot four.
1: I doubt that was really funny. I don't know. Yeah. Well Um, both of them lucky to not be sent off. Um so let's get into this quick uh match preview against Cardiff um at home. Um so this is is this gonna yeah, this will be after the international break, right? Yeah. Uh yeah. Yeah, this won't be until after the international break, until until the fifteenth. So uh we got a while to um think about how we're going to approach this uh this tough fixture. Um so, very very tough fixture. <laughs> so right now Cardiff sitting 16th in the table. Um two goals scored uh versus five conceded. Um but the, you know, obviously the two goals scored that they're an extremely defensive team. They're not going to score goals on you. Um and you know, I I really don't think that they uh they didn't make enough moves in this offseason to really warrant a very thorough uh, discussion on them in this episode because you know I don't know it would be kind of wasting our time a little bit. But damn, um, shots fired. It's I mean, I mean this is, it's kind of late too. I don't, I don't have the energy to do this. Uh, I don't think if, anyone you know, has the energy to talk about Cardiff. <laughs> oh man, that's that's a little that's a little. Not not the whole city, just the club. Uh yeah, yeah. And if any of you locals are out there. Um so I mean, is there anything you wanna you wanna talk about Cardiff or you wanna just um, mention anything about this match, maybe give a prediction?
0: They're they're definitely my favorite to go down this season. Um they're just the glorified championship side. Um they really championship all star team. Exactly. You know, <laughs> they the, the, they they haven't added any Genuine Premier League talent to their side, besides maybe a player or two. So, um they're a crap team with crap footballers and a crap manager. So, uh I'm gonna go five nil Chelsea. Um, wow. I think yeah, and I uh, I think at least one Cardiff player will be sent off. Uh, <laughs> I think they're it. just gonna get so frustrated yeah. with 80% possession for 90 minutes, and somebody's gonna take a swipe at Hazard.
1: Oh yeah, that's that's gonna that's gonna happen regardless of the score. I mean, that's just that's just what happens to Hazard. Um, he frustrates people <laughs> because he's so good. But uh, I might one up you and go six 0 um, Ooh! Because I'm really feeling um, this international break will re- rejuvenate a lot of our players. Um, and I'm just really I'm just I I think we're un- unstoppable as of now. We're the perfect squad. We're still. You know, twelve points out of twelve possible points, and like I feel like I'm un- I'm untouchable. You know, like this team is making me feel untouchable. I have so yeah. much confidence in everything that I do now. <laughs> That's great. So basically, Chelsea got your I'm gonna, life back. Together. I'm gonna go DM like a really hot chick on Instagram right now. Actually, <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right. I guess this is the part where the podcast ends it's getting late and Sam hasn't taken his meds yet so um yeah i mean <laughs> yeah, that brings me us to end the of... end
1: real quick sorry <laughs> i
0: mean that brings us to the end of the episode so uh obviously we have an international break so um we will talk to you guys after the cardiff game um until next time keep the blue flag flying high